Hello everybody, this is Aaron Moore from AC Ministries WV. How are you guys doing today? We know it's been a while since the last podcast, but we just wanted to update you and let you know that we will be doing podcasts once a week from now on. So get ready for them to be more frequent than what they have been. Now, we want to remind you that you can find us on Facebook under AC Ministries WV. Now, you can also find links to our podcasts there. You can find videos of me and other preachers that I am friends with that will be preaching on there. Um, Maybe even little things to read. Uh, Carly puts different things on there at different times. So if you want to check us out, that's AC Ministries WV on Facebook.com. Thank you, and you guys have a wonderful day, and enjoy the podcast. Hey everybody, this is Carly Moore with AC Ministries, and we're going to do a segment today called Sin Lies at the Door. Uh, Not too long ago, God had actually woke me up in the middle of the night, and I would say it was probably about three or four, maybe even closer to six, I'm not for sure, but um, those were the words that he spoke, sin lies at the door. And so I immediately got up and I I looked up where that was in the Bible because I knew, I just knew that it was there. And it is actually found in Genesis chapter four, verse seven. And I'll just read the scripture to you real quick. And it says, if you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. Its desire is for you, but you must master it. So it's saying sin's desire is to grab a hold of you when you least expect it. But you must master or rule over it. And my question was, what does master mean in the, in this concept? You know, what what is it meaning? It's not meaning um, master as in God as our master. It it's actually means dominion or power. And immediately, whenever dominion and power, you know, uh, I had looked it up and it had said that. God reminded me of a verse in Romans chapter 6, and the verse is uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 14. It says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law, but under grace. And this is this is kind of where God had set the stage for everything, for sin lies at the door. And he said, this is a mastering what Cain could not master. He could not master sin. The scriptures say that God didn't accept Cain's offering, but why didn't God accept his offering is the real question. Why did God make the statement that he made in Genesis chapter 4 verse 7? Was it because it wasn't the first fruits or the fact that God knew Cain's heart and knew it lacked good intentions already? So many questions we could ask, but the main thing is there is a lesson here stating that if we do not pick wisely the offerings we make, it may not actually be pleasing to God. Um, we know that God expects expects us to do our 100%. That, that's always a given. Um, 
just and and it's just like we would expect our God to do his 100% as well. What is the importance between Abel offering meat and Cain offering fruit? Because that that's the basis of all of it, you know. With Cain, he killed Abel and Abel his fruit was chosen or his meat was chosen and and stuff like that. Um we have to ask ourselves this question, what is the difference between fruit and meat? Fruit is considered what grows off of us. For example, the fruit of the Spirit has nine attributes, and they are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which all is personal growth and all is good in God's eyes, but God is seeking for you to bring in the meat. It leads to the next question of what is meat? What is considered the main course meal or the mass or magnitude? Uh, that is That is what meat is. So, what is magnitude? The magnitude, in this case, is the lost. There is a mass number of souls out there who are the meat of the earth that needs to be brought in. They are the flesh, like it says. Abel brought the firstlings of his flock. Jesus is our shepherd, and we are his sheep. But we too are considered shepherds tending to our flocks. Our flocks are those that we bring into the fold. So why was Abel's offering accepted more so than Cain's? Simple, because Cain brought to the altar his fruits and Abel brought to the altar his firstlings, or in other words, those he brought into the fold, the, the sheep that he brought into the fold. What does the altar signify? Um, we 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 know that it, it today it signifies us praying so we can pray for our own fruits to grow like Cain did or we could pray for the flocks that needs to be brought in like Abel did back then in the bible when they sacrificed there was a reason that they sacrificed it it was a signi- it was to signify that what they were sacrificing for was because they wanted more of it. Kind of like saying if they wanted peace from God, they would make a peace offering and God would bless it and give them peace. That was the whole point of sacrificing was they would lay it on the altar. They would lay it in place saying, if I'm going to lay this down, then I want to receive this back. So Abel, instead of laying fruit on the altar for more fruit, he laid the firstlings of his flock for more flock. That is interesting. And and it, it really blew my mind that, that, God, that God had showed this to me, that the reason why he... he he accepted Abel's offering was because Abel desired more than anything for more flock. He didn't desire the fruits and stuff. He desired more flock. But Cain, he desired fruit, more fruit. So, which means that he must have been lacking in fruit. And and we'll get to that here in just a second. Um, uh, when we pray for growth, God, of course, will give us growth, but he di- desires that your interest would be more for adding to the flock. You think about Solomon, who who was a, a very 
good man and 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 stuff he desired to have wisdom so not be for his own control or for his own self but it was so that he could rule the people right in doing so god gave him more than wisdom he even gave him riches as well So when we ask God for things that will profit adding to his kingdom, he will add the other blessings of growth as well. So now that we understand the importance of those scriptures, why did God say, but if you don't do well, sin lies at the door? First off, let's let's break this down some. What does lies mean in this context? It means to crouch down on all fours like an animal. That reminds me of, you know, things in the Bible that might get a little bit scary, like in Revelations or or talking about uh, the serpent in the garden whenever he was talking to Eve and, and, you know, all those things. The mindset is of some someone or something being sneaky or ready to pounce when you least expect it. Doesn't that sound like Satan himself? Uh, we obviously know it's talking about Satan. Does um, what and and, the, and that's what Satan does. But still, why does this apply to Cain's offering and the non-acceptance by God? Could it be selfishness? Could it be lack of love? What about gentleness, kindness, peace, patience, goodness, faithfulness, and joy? What if it it was the lack of those things that moved Cain to um, do this offering? And maybe it was because of the lack of these things that God did not accept Cain's offering. I believe so. The reasoning is as simple as this. Cain laid fruits upon the altar, which means there was a lack of fruits in his life. He didn't realize that the fruits of the Spirit is applied when we become more concerned for God's flock, which is adding to his kingdom, than we are the fruit. Jesus makes a statement in Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 through 34, that speaks so much the more clearer now than it, it did before. And I'm going to paraphrase and um, probably skip a little bit, but, you know, just to crunch some time. Uh, it says to take no thought of what you're going to eat or drink because God already knows you need these things. But to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. This is how you master or you have power over the sin that lies at the door. Praying and seeking the adding of the kingdom and then will all things be added to you. It's selfless, it's loving, it's patient, it's kind, it's gentle, it's good, it's faith and faithful. It brings peace and joy when the prayers has been received from the Father and you see multitudes added to his flock and to his kingdom. What a revelation God has given right there. The fact that he desires so much more than 
uh, saying, God, give us, give us love. Give us, um, some, some peace some, or, or some patience or, or being kind or, or something, something like that. He, he's saying, if you would lay down your life as a living sacrifice, if you put yourself upon this altar, I will bless you with a multitude of flock. I will bless you with so many souls. And and it's for a good purpose. It's for the adding to the kingdom. You know, we, we say... God, I want a uh, hundred souls added to to my church, or or added to this church, or that church, or, or or whatever. And and but then I think, wait a minute, my church doesn't matter. Your church doesn't matter, but God's kingdom matters. So we're we're getting our mindset off of you know what we want for our own good but what we want for God's good for God's glory and you know I I think about Christmas and and I think about um how Christmas is literally just a couple days away and we've always said God will you do this will you do that will you Will you bless me with this? Will you give me this? Or or always accepting gifts from other people and, and maybe even giving gifts to other people as well. But the greatest gift that we can give to God is being a living sacrifice. Is being a gift upon the altar. Is giving in such a magnitude to God that you're not only giving, but you're receiving too. I mean, you think about it. If you lay yourself down on the altar and you're praying and you're seeking God's face for for the adding to His kingdom, for souls and everything like that, you're not only blessing God, you're not only praising God and giving yourself to God, but you are receiving the greatest and most ultimate um, blessing that anybody could ever receive, and that is giving your life for somebody else's life. You know, I read in the Bible where it says, um, the uh, that um, love whenever whenever you love someone, and that is literally the greatest of all. Whenever you lay down your life for someone. And, 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 and I, I think about that and I'm thinking, you know, you're doing something wonderful for God by laying your life down and you're being such a good gift to God, but you're being such a good gift to somebody else. That is the ultimate gift. And, and I just want you guys to, to think about that. Think about how if we lay ourselves down uh, on the altar and, and be that li- living sacrifice, we are going to be such a gift to God. And if if we are a gift to God, then God is going to use that gift, and He's going to use that gift with purpose. And we are we we are chosen. We are a royal priesthood. I mean, we, God chose us to be His gift. He gives us so many other things, but He chose us to be His gift. That's special. So. This this Christmas year, why don't we give ourselves to God? Why don't we be a gift to God? And 
And I just want to express that that is probably one of the most eye-opening things that God has ever given me about Cain and Abel and how God, you know, is saying, let's spread it out to somebody else. Let us not keep it in ourselves, but let us spread it out to somebody else. And um, I, I believe that he deserves all the praise for the many teachings he has impacted my life with and how he is always un- unveiling the mysteries of our king. Uh, he's a wonderful God and I love him. And I just want to share a little bit of the insight of God as well. You guys have a great Christmas. Um, God bless and a happy new year. And we'll get to it again sometime. <laughs>